Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. It is Tuesday, December 5th, and we are just 20 days away from Christmas time, which means we just have one more comic book movie to watch, and that is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Aquaman 2, if you want to be you know, nearly specific. And I guess we have one more show to also look forward to, and that is Marvel's What If Season 2. I know a lot of people are not really excited for that because it just seems like a random thing, a a nothing burger, maybe a content filler, or maybe you are a huge fan. You know, I enjoyed a few episodes from the first season, and it, it, I enjoy, here's the thing with me. I enjoy Elseworlds storylines. But I also enjoy storylines that has nothing to do with canon events. Like, if it's not in the main continuity, I actually enjoy watching them a little bit more. Because I can appreciate them as its own thing. And it's true with the DC Metal stuff that Warner Brothers, well, not Warner Brothers, but DC Studios always give out in terms of comic books, the DC Metal stuff, DC versus Vampires, what's another one? The Injustice storylines, like, I love Elseworld storylines, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if this goes into a different direction, what can we do with this? And if this happens, what happens if... You know, the the seven evil Batman do come together and wreak havoc upon the entire universe. Can you imagine how much money an animated universe would be if they actually explored that so much? Oh my god, it would be awesome. It would be fantastic. But we can only do so much in terms of what we can absorb and what can we can watch and things like that. And... You know, for me, it's one of those, what am I looking forward to as of right now? And I briefly looked at a lot of the episodes of what may happen with Marvel's What If Season 2. And to be honest, the only few ones that stood out to me was probably, you know, something to do with Hela, Doctor Strange, Wanda, and maybe a couple of others. But I guess with me... It's one of those things where it's like, all right, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it for myself. And to piggyback off into Aquaman 2 that's coming out literally on Friday, I believe it's the 22nd if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I'm sure it's the 22nd. It's coming out on Friday and, uh, you know, we see a lot of the trailers and a lot of people are probably not going to watch it because they're boycotting against Amber Heard, which is understandable and it's understandable. To each their own. You do what you want to do. You watch whatever you want to watch. And for me, I'm just going to watch it because, hey, it's the last movie of the DC Extended Universe. It's the last movie of the Snyderverse. And it's probably the last time we're going to see Jason Momoa as Aquaman before he maybe becomes Loki. And if they do somehow kill off Amber Heard, 
wouldn't that just be enough for you to be like, you know what? Let's go watch this movie. Let's let's enjoy ourselves. Let's have a good time. It's Christmas time. And let's just do what we do. Let's have fun. Let's be entertained. I'm not trying to sell you on watching the movie. But I'm just saying it's the last one of the year. So you might as well indeed go and enjoy yourself. With that being said, let's get on to the meat of the podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I feel like I'm at the ending already. Don't don't forget, we are on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, everywhere where you consume your podcast normally on a daily basis. So by all means, go to Voice of Garcia on YouTube, subscribe, and you will get everything in terms of what you need. And if you want to communicate with me, If you find an easier way to communicate with me, then there you go. Drop down to the comment section and I will read, I will see your comments, whatever you want to talk about, and I will deliver it on to this podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. I'm getting a little tongue-tied, but it's okay because it's the holiday season, baby. We're here to have fun and we are here to talk on some shite That's been going on. Yes, I said shite, not shit, because it's all fucking shite. You want to know what else is full of shite? Bob Iger throwing the Marvels underneath the bus. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I need to collect myself together because I told you, I told you, I warned you that there's a strong possibility that this was going to happen. That the for here's the thing that surprised me. The CEO of a multi-billion dollar company actually took notice and spoke on a movie when he has not done that as of recently. I don't remember if he has spoken about a lot of the projects of what's been going on with the MCU and Star Wars and Disney Pixar and any other IPs that has been failing as of late, but he took notice on the Marvels very, very well. And that surprised the hell out of me. Not only did that take notice, but almost every news article took notice. Variety, obviously, Hollywood Reporter, the New York Post. Apparently, they had a Marvel section, and I had no idea about that. The New York Post wrote about it. So, you know some shit is going down. Let me bring up the article real quick. Let me me have this right in front of me. There we go. Bob Iger throws the the Marvels underneath the bus. And what did he do? He blames COVID. He blames COVID. Here's an excerpt from the article. Here we go. The Marvels was shot during COVID, Iger, 72, said. There wasn't as much supervision on the set. Huh, so to speak. Where we have executives that are really looking over what's being done day after day after day. Variety uh, previously reported that the director of the Marvels, Nia DaCosta, began another project during post-production. Where, from that article, it says, if you're directing a $250 million movie, it's kind of weird for the director to leave with a few months to go. Variety reported this, and we've already spoken about this already. Now, this is, this is very interesting because this literally drops right after Iman Vellani, who played Miss Marvel, where she said that 
She doesn't want to focus on things that's not even under her control. Because what's the point? That's for Bob Iger. And I believe, I believe that she knows. She knows that Bob Iger has a lot to do with this in terms of not production, but maybe in terms of promotion and in terms of what's been going on in terms of pre-production as of late. Remember, it was around the time of 2020, the transition period of 2020 to 2021, where we were just getting out of COVID. Like the world was healing from COVID, so to speak. And it was the time where Bob Iger left or got fired or whatever your perception is. And then Bob Shapek took over. And when Bob Shapek took over, he doubled down on everything going onto Disney+. And that's where shit started to come down right after WandaVision, where quality was lacking, directors were abysmal, the writing was atrocious, the CGI, everything. All the, pol- the politics, the identity politics was just through the roof. And you can blame all of that under Bob Shapek. However... You can also make the argument that all of this actually happened underneath Bob Iger's watch before he left. Why? Because it was during the time of COVID or before COVID, and I actually got a little bit of information of this after watching Valuetainment, Patrick David, Patrick Bet David, good guy, by the way, great entrepreneur, very smart at what he does, where he gets into a conversation with someone, and it was during that time where Disney was laying off so many people during the time of COVID. I don't remember if it was pre or post, but they laid off a lot of people. And a lot of people, a lot of workers that were storytellers, that cared about art, that cared about their craft, was essentially being fired and being let go. And that's when all the quality started to go downhill. So for Bob Iger to come out of nowhere and wants to blame COVID and saying that this movie had no supervision or really any supervision whatsoever, I don't believe that for a second. This movie was postponed at least three to four times. Now, I don't know what what went down behind the scenes. We can only speculate on what's been given in front of us. And we can only judge on our own interpretation. We can only judge based on the criteria of what's literally right in front of our face. But at the same time, if there's anything that I learned from the army, from the military, perception is reality. And there is so much more of what went on behind the scenes for this failure of the Marvels to drop. And the reality is, quality has diminished way before then. You cannot take a sequel that belongs to a movie that's over a billion dollars, literally take characters that nobody has watched, that nobody cares about, that nobody even knows, from Disney shows, and then literally mark them right next to the actor, the actress, that made you over a billion dollars. Granted, it was a different time, and it was, and it, you can put an asterisk next to it, whatever the case may be. Numbers don't lie. And in terms of numbers, the Marvels just made under $200 million. What other movies this year actually happened that w- made over $200 million? The Nun 2? Creed 3? You could literally look at any other example in terms of worst quality movie... And 
the Marvels didn't even do very well in terms of box office numbers. Now again, you can blame the SAG strike. You can blame the writer strike. You can blame lack of promotion. You can blame all of that. But let me remind you, let me remind you, Barbie happened during the time of the strike. I don't remember if it was right before it or during it. It was a while. I don't know. I didn't see it. But it made $1.4 billion. Oppenheimer just made under a billion dollars. So take with that what you will. The Marvels is a case study, and we're going to finally move on from this because, like I said, like I just said, we can finally move on from this, God, so to speak. The Marvels is a case study where I truly believe that the MCU can go up from here. I don't think you can go as worse as what you did with this movie. The writing was on the wall for this movie to fail. I do not believe Bob Iger for a second. Because a lot of this has to do with Kevin Feige. And a lot of this has to do with the people that have actually worked behind the scenes. Nia DaCosta included. I don't know. I'm calling it now. I believe. I believe that Nia DaCosta, the director for the Marvels, will not work another movie underneath Disney. Why? Because they're going to find someone to blame. They're going to find someone who was responsible for costing them over $300 million plus dollars. The higher-ups are not filmmakers. They don't care about films. They don't care about art. They don't care about what makes a movie a movie. They don't care about storytelling. They are a business. All they care about is making money. And if someone or people, whoever it is, costs them money, guess what? They're out of there. They are out of there, okay? And this brings me to my point in terms of releasing people or getting rid of people. And I don't like to talk about rumors, but this is a highlight for me. Apparently, rumors are that She-Hulk Season 2 is canceled. If that is the rumor, hallelujah, Yankee freaking doodle. You guys know how I feel about the show. I fucking hate the show. And <laughs> I don't want to go into details in terms of why I hate the show. But guess what? I'm going to go into it anyway because it's my podcast. I do what I want. The show was atrocious. The writers had no idea what they were doing. The comedy was not a comedy. It was a show made to basically poke fun and go after males and trolls. If you are making a show that costs you over $200 million, nine episodes, $25 million each, and that's the story that you want to go with, shame on you. Shame on you. You should never allow to be writing for... You should never be a professional writer ever again. Go do something else. Well, Garcia, who do you you to speak with? No, this is why I hold things of what we love to such a high standard. Because we have seen great movies. We have seen great writing. 
There's a reason why Oppenheimer and Barbie has done so much better than anything else. This year. I can't stress this enough. Now, let me calm down for a second, okay? Like I said, if the rumors are true, that's fine. They want to talk it up to poor audience reception. It, it could be that, and it could be the fact that it just cost too much, and it didn't make them a cent. And if you don't believe me, go on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Look at the audience score. Because the last time I checked, just a few days ago, it was 32%. It was 32% of the audience that viewed the, the whatchamacallit, She-Hulk, as one of the worst things ever to happen. And even though the Marvels is around 60, 70%, maybe 80, can't really draw on metrics here. But again, we can only go off based on what we see. Numbers don't lie. We can finally move on from this. So, in reaction to Bob Iger and in reaction to the Marvels, the year is about to be over and we can finally move on. Let's move on from this train wreck of what has been given to us. That's pretty much it, really. Other news to talk about we have Tom Holland to Holland. <laughs> I'm sure there is a person named Tom Holland. Tom Holland to come out and say that he doesn't want to do a Spider-Man 4 if there's no need for it. Here's an excerpt from Hyperbeast.com. I'm sure it was reported but from Variety First or Hollywood Reporter, but this is Hypebeast.com. Here we go. All I can say is that we have been actively engaging in conversations about what it could potentially look like for a fourth rendition of my character. Whether or not we can find a way to do justice to the character is another thing. I feel very protective over Spider-Man. I feel very, very lucky that we were able to work on a franchise that got better with each movie. That got more successful with each movie. Which I think is really rare. And I want to protect his legacy. So, I won't make another one for the sake of making another one. It will have to be worth the while of the character. But that said, if we can figure that out, I would be a fool not to put the suit back on because I owe everything to Spider-Man. I love the character and the people I get to work with. So I would love to tell another story, but I'll only tell it if we can find the right one. This is how actors should be when it comes to storytelling and when it comes to characters. I watch on Variety, on the YouTube channel Variety. It was Actors on Actors. And last year, or no, not last year. It was a while back. It was like a few years ago. Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson did an interview together. And Chris Evans talked along the lines of that he will not come back to Captain America because he feels very protective of the character. He feels that the ending for Captain America for Steve Rogers was perfect. And he feels strongly about it and he doesn't want to come back for a cash grab. He doesn't want to come back just because the fans demand it. That shouldn't how it, it shouldn't be that way. And this goes along the lines of 
Kevin Feige saying that they will not bring back Iron Man just for the sake of it. Because they worked so damn hard to give the ending that it's due. And just bringing him back would just be cheap and lazy and desperate. And it would undo the ending, the emotional impact of what that movie has given us. So for Tom Holland and Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and any other actor that feels very strongly about their character in the work that they've done. For the storytelling that they've given... Of course they shouldn't come back. They should only come back if the script is good, if there's a reason, and if we get something out of that character. If not, it's just another cash grab. It's just another movie. And then we complain, we the audience, the fans, we complain that something has gone on for way too long. Or we complain that the story doesn't do right by justice. There are a lot of actors that do come back for that paycheck. And of course, money talks. So, there's always a chance that, depending on how many zeros the producer or whoever it is that writes the checks wants to give to these actors, but at the same time, do you want to destroy your legacy that way? You know? Do you want to be remembered as the guy that came back too much? Or comes back just for the money. Maybe maybe you are. And and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because we do what we do for money all the time. We're actors, we're performers, we're content creators. It's what we do. We do this every time. But if we feel very strongly about storytelling and we can learn to say no to the money and no to the pressure from the fans and no to something else that's already failing... I think that goes so much longer than anything else. And it really depends on what you value. What is it that you truly value for yourself that makes you better than what you're doing? If that makes any sense. So I commend Tom Holland greatly for saying this. Maybe we'll get a Spider-Man. Actually, this concerns me a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's look at the double-edged sword here, okay? Let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about this. If Tom Holland comes back for Spider-Man 4, it has to be within the Sony universe, does it not? Because Sony right now is focusing on creating individual characters and their stories in terms of the Spider-Man characters, but they don't have Spider-Man in it, at least not yet. Even though they still own him, the movie rights, they, they can't take it back, at least not yet. Right? So, who who can potentially be a new Spider-Man if Tom Holland doesn't want to do it anymore? Because, let's be honest, the studios are going to go on. That's what they do. They're going to move on. Sony knows that Spider-Man is their cash cow. And they're going to move on with the new Spider-Man if need be. If they're going to bring the Sinister Six together... And Tom Holland is not a part of it. Are they going to bring back Andrew Garfield? Are they going to bring back Tobey Maguire? Or are they going to find a new person to don the suit? And if they do, wouldn't that have a piss poor reaction to the fans that is already attached to the three Spider-Men that we see in front of them? Does this give way to possibly a potential 
live-action Miles Morales, which a huge part of me still believe that it's too early for that. But at the same time, if you want to strike where the iron is hot, the game is doing successful, the animated movies, the Sony animated movies, Across the Spider-Verse, that's done wonders. Like, what do you do? What do you do? If I'm trying to put myself in the higher-up shoes, what do you do? And I honestly don't have an answer for that. I think it really depends on what Tom Holland is going to do, whether he sees a script that is worth his while, and if he says yes, then we'll get a fourth movie. Although, I really, really, if there's one other Spider-Man character that I really want to have the black suit on, I want it to be Andrew Garfield. But, we already saw that Venom left a portion of his symbiote in the world of the MCU, so chances are Tom Holland is going to do it. So, we'll see. Or maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's... Maybe we can get an Agent Venom. No, no, I don't want to get an Agent Venom. At least not yet. (laughs) It's not like I don't hate Venom. I love Venom. It's just I don't don't see the need for Agent Venom right now. I don't know. That's just me spitballing. Nah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. In any case, that's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. It helps me out tremendously. And like I said earlier, we are 20 days away from Aquaman 2. And uh, hey, whatever comes out next week or in terms of what we want to talk about, that is what we do. Because when it comes to comics... News, games, shows, whatever the case may be. Always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.